0: It's
1: time for The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Andy Gallo. And I'm CJ. And, uh, you know, on The Big Show, we like to talk about all things country. And uh, we've got with us today a country preacher, Tim Bird. How are you doing, good man? Good morning. Glad to glad to be here. Thank yeah, you well for having me. Yeah. Let's kind of talk about kind of where, where you came from and uh, uh, how you got to where you're at today. Short story, uh, long
0: story short. I'll give you a short version. Uh, Mom and dad were from uh, Deep East, Texas, a little town called Suffer Springs, Suffer Bluff area. They farmed and uh, after dad got out of the war, they were there several years. Wound up coming to Houston in in the 50s, early 50s, I think it was. And uh, now everybody's got a geographical location of what they call the north side. Uh, We lived off a homestead road when, when I was up until the second grade. And uh, we moved up to 59 and Alden Mail Route, just south of Umble. So I was in the Alding District. and But Mom and Dad were country folks. They were just, I mean, turnip, green,
1: eating country folks. Well, you know, in that area, they still used to have cattle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was
0: growing up, over, there was feedlots around there in places yeah. we rode. A lot of the people that, that I grew up around rode horses, rodeoed. And I got into that when I was in high school. But... I always considered myself country boy. I didn't. I, I well, I was probably what you would call an urban cowboy. Uh, grew up in that. Could you area. drove a. Drove a pickup truck. Oh, did you? Okay, I thought you drove a, a Camaro. Oh, I had a Camaro. Did yeah, you I have did. a Camaro? Okay. Yeah, okay. you've heard that story. I had, I had a Camaro. That, I heard that story in a, too. <laughs> on the back end of it was hey now that somebody had painted <laughs> when we were uh, working on our testimony one night, but grew up in that area and uh, you know when I sent you a text message and. and I'd sent you a text message about uh, one of the honky tonks, one of the dance halls closing yeah. down. Oh yeah, and so uh, you know, I, I grew up in church. Uh, our our family was really okay. d- uh, devoted to church, and Dad was a deacon. Mom did everything around the church, from teach Sunday school to m- mop and the,
1: sweep the floors. Uh, and that's what you do in a country church. Yeah,
0: when you know we yeah. we were in a in a in a subdivision church, but it was just that rural setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of strayed from the Lord like most folks do in their teenage years and um, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I played baseball in high school, rodeoed in high school, uh, uh, went to a lot of those old honky-tonks in the north side of Houston and mm-hmm. listened to Johnny Bush and mm-hmm. you know George Strait when he came along. Right. And uh, I did guess, you uh, did you sing and play guitar? Why did I, I think Yeah, you do I, I do a little bit. Uh, I I mean, took back me, then, tell yeah, tell. I did back then too. Yeah. I, I played a little bit around the rodeos and things. My the funny story I have about that my mom, uh, my dad passed away when I was 10. Mom worked about three different jobs, and she wound up being a shorter cook for this little place on, on, on Homestead Road. And she kept talking about this guy that had a band, and uh, mom thought I sang real good. Mom, I was the only one that. Mom was the only one that thought I saw sang well. and uh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she kept telling me about this guy that had a band, and, and he wanted to hear me sing. So it was one Saturday morning. She called me. And she said, grab your guitar. This guy wants to hear you sing. Come up here. And I said, oh, Mom, I don't want to do that. So I got up there. I walked in. I'm <laughs> carrying my guitar. It's out of tune. Didn't have a bag in it to carry it. I walked in, and there sat Gene Watson. Wow. And so I, I walked over, and, and uh, I said, Mom, she said, but "There's that guy that wants to hear you sing. His name's Gary, and you know his real name yep. is Gary." Yep. Yep. And I said, yep. "Mom, that's not Gary. That's Gene Watson." Mm-hmm. And she said, "No, it's not. His name's Gary." I said, "Mom, his yeah. it's Gene Watson." <laughs> and so I sat there and and I sang one song. I and he, him and the guys that we he were with, uh, played and picked on my guitar, got it in tune. And uh, why I mean, one year without a band. That would probably have been in 80 or 81, somewhere around that way. I was, a, I was probably a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And several years back, somebody gave me some tickets to go see uh, Gene Watson at that Love Lady gym. And I got to mm-hmm. tell him that story, and he said, I don't remember much about that time. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, I was working on my testimony near that time, too. <laughs> but
2: You know, I knew everybody personally in his early band, band mm-hmm. there. And yeah, in fact, uh, some of them are still really good friends of mine. here from them. Yeah.
0: Well, who, 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 y'all had somebody on here that played bass
2: for him? Um, what well, we had? Uh, uh, who did we have? That played bass for Watson? Um, yeah, I can't remember that. Well, his first cousin Donnie Watson. Donnie Watson, yeah, yeah. We yeah. didn't, we didn't have him on here, but I yeah, talked yeah. to him yeah. Uh, frequently. Yeah, uh, he, they are actually first cousins. Right, Gene's mama died. And they were kind of raised as brothers, right? And Donnie had his own on band, yeah. but um, I apologize for we're off of preaching. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I in, in my, back to my story. I, yeah. you
2: know, I grew up, I
0: grew up, uh, you know, in that North Side area, and in, in, uh, uh, about I got married in nineteen eighty three, and uh, I I wanted to be a disc jockey. And so I went to Columbia School of Broadcasting after I dropped out of college. did that too. You, you yeah. did there? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I dropped out of college after one semester and uh, started driving a pickup truck, and I went to Columbia School of Broadcasting. And they told me I had the perfect face for radio. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I met this, met this little girl. I started dating her, and uh, I had gotten a job offer in Hemphill, Texas at KAWS, and that's the only offer I'd ever had it's probably making four or five hundred dollars a week back then and uh, so I asked her I said mama go up there you want to you want to come up there with me and of course get married and she said no I ain't leaving Houston and so uh, the next year we got married and so been married almost 40 years well this year will be 40 years mm-hmm. uh, I, somebody said one time you know she's uh she's never uh, she's ne- never killed a prophet but she's wanted to shoot a preacher a few times <laughs>
2: but <laughs> Well, those uh, those early preachers. Oh yeah. Um, any uh, it, Dolly Parton in her her song "Daddy Was a Preacher Man." Yeah, yeah. One line in there, she says that uh, he preached hell so hot you could feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my daddy was a preacher, and so the the hellfire and brimstone mm-hmm. uh, thing was commonly the. Uh, the best way to do it yeah, i thought we,
0: we grew up in a bma uh, church that's baptist missionary of america we call it baptist messing around and uh, very and back in that back in that early early 70s 60s area era in north side of houston of course there was a lot of racial tension going on back then that i, I can remember as a five six year old boy the neighborhood was changing but we would have revivals that would last for a week or two. And those guys would preach black black suits, little skinny red tie, oh, yeah. polished shoes, and they'd come in and just shuck the corn. I mean, mm-hmm. preach, shout, oh, yeah. holler. Yeah. And I'd go home with the and cover up my head, I'd be
1: so scared. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was no feel good preachers back in those day. There was no feel good mm-hmm. preachers
0: no. back in that no. day. They would we had we had one preacher, uh, um, and I can't even think of his name right now, he'd take his jacket off, he'd roll up his sleeves he said, "This is my job. I'd work. And he'd take his. He'd take an old rubber band off of his uh, Bible that held it together, <laughs> and I mean, he'd preach, green pound at pulpit, walk the aisle, and uh, so that's kind of the preaching that I grew up hearing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I, as I as I grew older and uh, got out of church and got away from the Lord." Uh, some of those preachers I got to go back and talk to later on after I'd surrendered to the ministry. I got saved when I was 20 years old. You don't want to be, to be too preachy, but yeah, I I, I, uh, I had a yeah. I had a really difficult uh, experience when I was t- about 20 21 years old. A good friend of mine passed away in a car accident. It really just shook me up. And uh, a good friend of mine, Don Seal, his mom and dad started asking us to come to this little church. Uh, in our neighborhood there in the north side of Houston off of Airline Drive. And I again, I heard that, that preaching, that just good Bible preaching, that mm-hmm. just no compromising, and it just opened up the Bible, yeah. read verse by verse, line by line, and and tell you like it was. Tell the truth. And so those things, it just bothered me, it disturbed me. And uh, one Monday night, uh, I was doing a lot of drinking back then. I came home from work, Tina was working a nighttime job, and I had a bottle of wild turkey sitting next to me and heard a knock on our little trailer door and it was, it was Brother Cliff Maton and he came in. Wasn't there two minutes, he said, do you know where you'd spend eternity if you died tonight?" night? And I said, yes sir, I'd split hell wide open.
2: Hmm. And
0: uh, it just come out of my mouth and within about two or three minutes he led me in, 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 in sinner's prayer. I accepted Christ as my Savior. Um, wasn't about a couple years later that I felt God calling me to preach and I always thought that Preachers come from preacher stock. You know, mm-hmm. you you said your daddy was a preacher. I just thought that's how they were bred. <laughs> uh, sure didn't think that he could ever use me because that night, you know, I, I again that bottle of wild turkey sitting right next mm-hmm. to my my chair. Right. that's not what preachers did, and how could right. God use yeah. somebody like me?
1: But yeah. so how old were you at that time? Probably I
0: was uh, I was twenty, about twenty one years old well, in nineteen eighty four, okay. April of nineteen eighty four, yeah. when I accepted Christ. Yeah. And I guess about eighty five or eighty six, I was just really burdened that God was calling me to do something else. Uh, as you can tell, I stuttered a little bit, and st- I stuttered really bad when I was a kid. And so that preaching part, I was really intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing what, how you know, preachers go through some difficult times in those mm-hmm. little country churches that we mm-hmm. were yes. we were around. And uh, one church we were at, we were at, you know they would vote a pastor out and one would move into the parsonage next week. And, you know, if he was there two or three years, we were, we were, we were lucky. And so in, uh, I guess about 1996, I was working for Dr. Pepper as a sales manager and just really felt God pulling on my heartstrings. And we were doing youth ministry at a church here in the Conroe area. And, and, uh, I took a group of kids to uh, a glorieta, New Mexico and, uh, I don't remember what they were preaching, but I just remember that night feeling that I needed to surrender everything to the Lord. And uh I surrendered to the call that he had on my life. I got up the next morning and I uh, called my wife from, from New Mexico and I said, uh, uh, how would you like to be married to a preacher? And she said, well, <laughs> I'm married to you. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, Lord's worked that out. I tell folks all the time, uh, you know, they could find a better preacher and a better pastor, but they can't get a better preacher's wife than my wife. And so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, she. she's done well with the call. And, uh, you know, in 2001, we took our first church. I left Dr. Pepper uh, as a sales manager there, like I said,
1: and, uh, we wound up pastoring in the Porter area, which yeah. was a rural area. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matter of fact, and I think we've talked about this before, but at that time I had a video production company. I did a wedding, oh. and I believe that was the church, because you were there. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, so that's the first time I ever yeah. saw Tim Bird was <clears throat> is when you were uh, marrying a couple of uh, people there. Yeah. We so.
0: we we were there for about three and a half long years. Mm-hmm. uh they were gracious enough, gracious enough to let me learn how to preach and pastor I didn't know I didn't know come from sickem mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was mm-hmm. doing and uh, learn how to preach learn how to pastor and in spite of me the, the church grew it, the the funny story was the we had been talking to the church and I was supposed to come and preach on September the 16th uh, and it wound up that Sunday after 9 11 so this little church that i was going to that was running about 60 or 70 uh the morning i came and preached about 215 people in that congregation packed to the gills you talk about nervous i was Mm. man i was scared to death Mm. you know leaving a leaving a good job and uh, coming to a church didn't know uh, somebody said you know you don't know what you're doing all you all you know to do is trust god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so uh god god called us there and uh Everywhere we've been, uh, except one church, has been a country church, traditional church. Uh, we did we started a a, a cowboy church mm-hmm. about six years ago. You're, mm-hmm. you're familiar with? Oh that? yeah, we were there. And uh, <clears throat> you know, everything in, in the in the traditional churches has been difficult for mm-hmm. some changes. And in, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, you know most of the, most of the churches we've been at when we got there is very traditional music singing mm-hmm. from the hymns yep. and. Yeah. Uh, at the Cowboy Church, we were able to do some, some mm-hmm. different things. Right, uh, yeah. Jim uh, was there for different things for us, and our yeah. good friend Kenny Snow helped us with music. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the The traditional church setting, right.
1: uh, it, it has its struggles, but mm-hmm. it has its place in our communities mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, you know, there's a kind of a, and, and I go back <clears throat> when I grew up and, uh, in the old country church down in Grossville, yeah, and um, of course the preachers back then they they wore a suit and tie and uh, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, the whole shooting match nowadays, most preachers are pretty laid back, yeah. you know. And and yeah, you know, the, they got the, on their a the tie gone a lot of times, yeah, uh, and maybe I don't know. Do you still wear blue jeans when you preach, or yeah, do you still I, you put I, on slacks? I, the or?
0: Little church I'm at right now, it's a country church. We're we're up in the Huntsville oh. area, and. Uh, out off of thirty about as far north about as far west as you can get out. What's of, what's the name of it? Uh, Westway Baptist Church. Okay, right. and it's about as far west as, as you can get in, in Walker County before you get in Grimes County. And uh, I, I don't typically wear a suit; I wear a jacket most times. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, my first church, I followed a guy. It was a friend a, a friend of his that he had recommended me to and uh again i just thought i was country growing up i have boots and blue jeans and cowboy hat and uh it's like know. a
1: country song don't yeah it?
0: yeah I, I could probably <laughs> write a song about that and uh you know i i i typically wore boots and blue jeans a lot but when i got to this church i thought i was supposed to dress like a preacher like he had what pre- like the preacher before me had, had uh had dressed and Wore slacks and a button-down shirt and and loafers. My family had got me this pair of loafers that had little tassels on it. <laughs> and uh, a fa- a family had come join the church. Sweet sweet older couple and they had some land. They had cows on. They lease areas. And I I'd heard he'd been in the hospital and went out and uh to visit him. And I pulled up. His wife came out on the porch and she pointed back and hollered. She says, "He's in the back. Pastor just opened up gate. And drive back there." And so i did and and uh, got back there and here he is pinning cows in uh in the back part of his pasture and so i got out and he's toting his uh oxygen tank and i hollered and said you don't need to do that let me do that and he leaned up against the fence and he said you sure you know how to do this I I, i've pinned cows before i know what i'm doing and so it had been raining and I'm stomping around there in that, in that mud and those loafers, and both my loafers come off in the mud, and I'm in my sock feet by then and tend these cows, and he's just over dying laughing. And he said, you know, Tim, if you see you don't pastor a country church, you need to wear a pair of boots mm-hmm. and maybe a pair of blue jeans. And yeah. So I started wearing my boots with my suits then. Right. And right. Uh, my wife did, just drove her crazy because, yeah. you know.
1: They don't normally fit too good. They don't normally
0: fit. You have to have them, you know, cut. Just yeah. right to, yeah. to cover your boots when right. you sit down and yeah. things, and yeah. and that that's typically what I wear today. I, you know, if you catch me around the hospital, I'm the chaplain right. up there at the hospital, right. yeah. and uh, I'm usually in my in my boots and mm-hmm. walk yeah. into yeah. the hospital carrying my hat and mm-hmm. walk out carrying my hat. So mm-hmm. I, I still want to be a cowboy when I grow up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I've got uh, I think I counted them. I've got eight eight pair of cowboy boots and. Uh, there's one pair that I bought at a um, resale shop. I had a friend that had a bunch of Western stuff, and uh, I didn't really know what I was buying. The, the extreme pointed toes, the uh-huh. roach killers, or whatever. Yeah. The corner, how were they? Talk about that. <laughs> and the first time I took them to get resold, uh, the shoe guy, who the boot guy, who uh, really, uh, really was a cowboy type of person, he had a booth at the rodeo you with yeah. boots and stuff and he said uh, sloane you re- you know what you've got in these boots he said these boots had to have just stayed under somebody's bed for 40 years he said these this is a Cowtown brand back when they made yes, Re- yeah, when yeah, they yes. made
1: really boots. Yeah. He said these actually are- Cowtown probably was the first uh, roper boot. Yeah, yeah, that that was around because I remember getting those when back I was in the probably late seventies. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Actually, I bought some when I was in high school, so yeah, that was like yeah. seventy so. four. And he,
2: he said these are these are pigskin, yeah. <laughs> and he said these are the original soles, wow. uh, and he said these are really old. Uh, Really old boots. It has nothing to do with old-time preachers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's old. But uh, that's right. A, a preacher that influenced me a lot was an uh, old-time North Carolina preacher by the name of Vance Havner. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I read uh, a lot of his books. Oh, yeah, I've got it. One thing I like about his books is they're little bitty things. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I've, uh, a short read. I've, yeah, I've stolen a lot of his quotes. He, he said one time that a lot of church services start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Been in those services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, uh, but Havner, uh, in his journey, he lived into his 90s, mm-hmm. preached into his 90s. And he, uh, one of his books about his later, one of his last books he wrote is called Lord of What's Left. Lord of What's Left, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, uh, He went to uh, Tampa, Florida, near Tampa, Florida, and he taught in the uh, uh, Florida Bible Institute. And uh, one of his students was a young uh, trainee by the name of Billy Graham.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Well, uh, that school went under or went somewhere else or or whatever, and it became Florida Christian College. And yours truly showed up there in 1961 to, uh, to go to school. And uh, I think maybe along about my second year, uh, I was in class, I think. But a good buddy of mine played bluegrass banjo. And uh, he was out. Th- there was uh, the Temple Terrace Golf Club was adjacent to the campus. And he was out there on the 14th fairway or whatever playing his banjo. And he was playing that uh, uh, Glenn Campbell song. The door is always open and your path is... What is that, that song?
1: Gentle on My Mind. Gentle on My Mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, it just so happened, this is, of course, years l- later, it just so happened that Billy Graham was doing his Tampa Crusade. And maybe, you know, I didn't get to talk to him, but... I guess he wanted to take a day off and play golf, and he wanted to go there to see the campus again, where he had gone to school. Mm-hmm. And so my buddy's sitting there, and so they when they came to that hole, you know, I guess Graham said, "Time out! I need to take a little sidebar trip here." And so uh, Graham was headed to the administration building, and he walks by my buddy. Stops a minute hearing him play the banjo, and then he goes over to uh, the administration building. and The president, James R. Cope, his secretary, Ms. Wolf, how do I remember all these names? Oh, man, I don't like you can't remember uh, <laughs> yeah. name dropping.
1: Most yeah. I know he does that, yeah. he does that, yeah.
2: She got on the intercom and, and she said, Brother Cope, uh, Billy Graham's here to see you. <laughs> and he paused and he said, I don't think I know a Billy Graham, do I? Miss Wolf, and she said, the Billy Graham. <laughs> so during my second, in between my second and third year, I think it was her third and fourth year, I got a job preaching at this little country church in North Georgia, mountainous North Georgia. And the church was out in the middle of nowhere. There literally was not another building within sight of the church. Just a big one-room frame building with no heating, no air conditioning, high windows, uh, and I was preaching one Sunday, and the windows were up. Uh, I just I took that job between school years, and uh, there was a farm down the road, and they had a bunch of guineas, and guineas, if they hear noise, feel compelled to make a louder noise. Mm-hmm. And so those guineas came down the road and got right underneath that window, and drowned me out. And I was pretty loud back then, but they could still they could still do it. So we had to stop church, and a couple of the men go out there and and shoo the guineas off, so we could continue church. But that was country
1: churches, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So growing up, uh, I know you talked a little bit about some of the some of the uh, preachers that you went to and you heard when you were younger but it was there one one preacher maybe that influenced you to uh
0: yeah uh you know i've, I've like i said brother cliff Maton was a pastor that led me to the lord a big influence on me he was uh, uh really i think that calling to evangelism sharing learning how to share the gospel uh, brother Gene Kendrick here in Mims. Uh He was we were at, at, at Mims Baptist Church for ten years mm-hmm. and taught Sunday school and, and uh, worked in the youth department. And uh, that was I think he was a big influence in my life. Uh, I guess a lot of some of the some of the pastors that um, Adrian Rogers, uh, um, Chuck Swindoll. Uh, um, David Jeremiah from out in out in uh, California. I love to read their books. I love to listen to their preaching. See, he's a name
1: dropper too. Yeah, See, never you know. met
0: him, but uh, yeah. but I, I I love to read. I like to listen to a lot of good preaching, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not just necessarily Baptist preaching. It, mm-hmm. I like to hear good preaching, mm-hmm. and yeah. I tell folks all the time. And when you come hear me, I'm the only thing standing away from hearing good preaching. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, so.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. There were these two preachers. They were talking about a third preacher. One of them had heard him. The other one hadn't. So the one who hadn't was trying to inquire as to how good a preacher he was. And the guy who had heard him said, well, he, he is, uh, he's pretty good. And he said, uh, well, would you say he's like as good as you are? And he said, well, he's good, but he's, he's not that good. He said, I'd say he's more like you. <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but you can you can take that one out if you want to. No, right. we'll leave it in there.
1: I think a lot of a, a lot bit.
0: of the preachers that have, have been an influence on me, or just guys that have, um, you know, have probably never preached at Southern Baptist Convention. A lot of them never have preached on TV. Uh, guys that just instilled in into my life mm-hmm. uh, and encouraged me and, and helped me in my walk. And uh, you know, I one of the. One of my dearest friends, he's he's going home, being floored now, and his uh, uh, brother Lewis Price, he had pastored for several years, pastored old country churches, and wound up being an insurance salesman most of the, most of his career. There you go. Yeah, I thought, thought that, <laughs> and you know, and I he, he would he just loved on my family, mm-hmm. and he he would encourage me. See, this is what you're going to go through, and uh, when I got to my first church, uh, immediately the growth came. Surely wasn't causing me. It was. Uh, right after 9-11. And, 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 and those are the kind of guys I go sit down and talk to and ask, you know, what, what do I do? And, uh, six months into my first pastor, we were building a building and you don't want to go through a building program as a pastor. It's just one of the, uh, it's a difficult time. And I, I went and asked him, so brother Lewis, what do I do? He said, well, every pastor needs to go through a building program where he wants to or not. And, uh, and I I could go sit down with him and he'd say now I'm not telling what you do what to do but this is what I would do or this mm-hmm. is what I did during those times mm-hmm. and so you know a lot of those guys that uh, brother Tom Rutledge was a uh, uh, met him in a Bible conference here in the area and and he became a, a mentor of mine he's gone home be be with the Lord now mm-hmm. and uh those guys older pastors that had pastored country churches never pastored big churches And uh you know I I've never pastored a church real big. Waverly State, well, Waverly Station, the mm-hmm. Cowboy Church was the biggest church I'd ever pastored. But we started out with twenty folks, mm-hmm. and uh, at that time, you know, we 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 just said, you know, we're not going to do church. Mm-hmm. We were going to call it a, a fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preach with my, my my blue jeans, and my boots, and my hat on most of the time. I take mm-hmm. it off to pray. Mm-hmm. Take it off when I shook a lady's hand. And uh, we were doing some different things, uh, Mm -hmm. still preach line by line, verse by verse. But we got to see um, folks coming in from that country setting, doing a little bit different music. Mm -hmm. We would start off with, uh, Jim calls them uh, 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 pseudo-Christian songs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got our own thing going, Tom Hall. We would start off with... uh, uh, Tracy Birds. I'm from the country, mm-hmm. and and folks would come in and they'd never been in in, in that setting before mm-hmm. or ha- had not yeah. been in church in a long time, and they'd hear that, and then we'd go in and do some hymns and some contemporary music, and make it sound country. Mm-hmm. We were kind of with Kenny. Everything's bluegrassy. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's Kenny that's helped us with that, but uh, you know w- what we found in that country setting. We were reaching folks with what we call I come up with this I'm gonna write a book on, on this. It's called De Church People. Mm-hmm. People that may have grew up in the church like I did, got away from the Lord. But we were seeing folks that were not intimidated to come in mm-hmm. and wear their hat or mm-hmm. they could wear their flip flops and shorts. And, they, yeah. and uh, yeah. they they weren't intimidated by yeah. by mm-hmm. by anything. Yeah. And and, yeah. and we would present the gospel in a clear clear way and i tell mm-hmm.
2: my stories and mm-hmm, yeah. and uh yeah.
0: you know but uh, and you know the, others-
2: the great thing about i mean the thing to me the thing about religion whatever kind of religion you're talking about is that we just have to get right down to being real yeah and country people <laughs> uh, have the same foibles and struggles as everybody else except there is a tendency for them to be Real and and so the liturgy, if you want to call it that, the the worship structure, uh, it, it, it's it's informal a lot of times. It's just no. uh, that uh, that Pine Grove Church in the mountains of North Georgia, where I was one summer, uh, in in one service, why uh, I'll call him George, uh, believe it or not, I can't remember his name. Dead
1: gum. Uh, but yeah. you remember Billy Graham? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and, and Miss Wolfer or whatever her name was there, I don't know.
2: And George was leading prayer. <laughs> okay. And he said um, one point in his prayer, he said, "Lord, we want to pray for the revival over at Elijah. That brother, a um, uh, brother, um, Sam, who's that running that revival over there at Elijah?" <laughs> <laughs> And so he gets in Like the Lord really needed to know who to bless. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but Absolutely. it was just
1: uh,
2: it, it was just down to earth, homey. Uh, yeah. You know when, I you're, loved it
0: you're telling a story when when we moved up to Conroe, uh, we moved in this little subdivision, and one of the first couples that we met uh, were were going to Mims in. A, he was he was an older guy. Brother Brother Tom was his name, and uh, just country. And uh, this church that we were at was really growing, and a very dynamic dynamic services. And one Sunday morning, Brother Jean Brother called him to pray, and I mean it was just like heaven dropped down in service. Boy, it was just a sweet sweet time. And Brother Tim got up to pray, and he cleared his throat and said. <clears> throat> Good morning, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, that's just, that's just the sweet, the heart of, of a country person is just mm-hmm. real, and oh, yeah. and, that, yeah. and and that's what it is. You know, our, our relationship with Lord it, it should be that real. Just yeah. we're talking to Him like we're talking here. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, all the times that you've preached, what is probably maybe the maybe the funniest thing, or maybe the it just something that just went wow that you know that happened while you were preaching or anything that you could tell us you know that's you know i I, I have about
0: three (laughs) journals that i keep in my office of of things but it's it's happened over the 20 years of my my preaching uh, experience um you know things that that have i I guess one of the the most common things is is people's cell phones going off and Mm -hmm. uh when i took my first pastorate <clears throat> and even as a as a sales manager at dr pepper i didn't have a cell phone and so we got to our first church and i had gotten a cell phone through the church and our family had gotten my, my wife and and my son and daughter had got a cell phone and uh, of course we're we're kids of the 70s and 80s and i was that honky-tonk merle haggard oh, yeah. charlie daniels and my wife was the skating rink uh girl and so she's playing with the cell phone disco. disco disco, she disco was with not, that. Yeah. yeah that that disco skating <laughs> rink music what we call it and yeah uh, so she's playing with uh ringtones and uh she forgot all about it. so the next morning sunday morning i'm preaching at, the, at church and, and and of course you know following the guy that'd been there 10 years they all loved and i'm following in behind him. they were very critical of of us and our family because we weren't them and so we're Mm-hmm. not trying to impress them but yeah. trying to trying to be real uh, careful so the in- invitation time everyone bow your heads close your eyes and if you need to make a decision this morning uh, I'll be at the front altar and, and uh I'd love to come pray with you and, and about that time I hear this I'm your boogie man <laughs> go off and uh, <laughs> of course everybody in the church looks around <laughs> and I look and my wife is. Is is reaching up underneath the pew to get her phone out of the, out of her purse, and I just looked and I said, hey, "Go ahead and get it, sis." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but we we we've had yeah. some great experiences. I, I you know the the thing about uh, preaching. I didn't know how to preach. I didn't know how to develop an outline. And uh, Lewis Price took me to the funeral home up here. Took me to Cashner's funeral home when I surrendered to the ministry. And he said, "If you gonna learn to preach," You got to do funerals," mm-hmm. he said. "Just go in and listen to people preach funerals." Mm-hmm. And so I did a couple, and then they started calling me to do funerals. Yeah, and I have had some strange, strange things happen at funerals. I, I mean, yeah. we've had folks that have uh, had a heart attack during a during wow. a, during a funeral, and we've had an ambulance come in. Uh, of course, more cell phone stories than I can I can. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, that rem- that reminds me, my ringtone on my old phone, I don't have it anymore, but I used to have Roy Head's angel with a broken wing, oh. okay? So, and this happened at, at uh, Waverly Station, and you may have heard it, I don't know. It went off know. one day when I was there, and, and I forgot to mute my phone, which we all do that. Yeah, we, we all why do we that. do that, I don't know. We know that when we walk yeah. in the door, it says it up there, mute your, and I didn't do it. And I don't know, it's about the time that maybe Kenny and them were finishing up or whatever, you know, and that goes off, Angel with a broken wing, you know, Roy Head, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah. everybody's looking at you like, dude, you yeah. know,
0: turn yeah. your phone. But, We've had, yeah. we had, uh, you might want to cut this one out, I don't know. I, had, <laughs> I was doing a funeral for a, for a guy, and uh, he was a motorcycle uh, in his motorcycle club. And, uh, I mean, there's 300, 400 people there and um of course at the at the end of the at the message the pastor goes and stands by the head of the head of the casket and uh people are coming by and you know most folks they just look in the casket some want to spend a minute and reflect or something and so about i mean there's probably about 150 people standing around outside and the flow is going and all of a sudden the, the flow stops, and uh, in walks this gal, and she has this short, short dress on, high heels. I mean, five, six-inch high heels. <laughs> Looks like Halle Berry. And this guy that died, he's in, he's probably in his upper 70s or so. <laughs> and they had they had found him passed away in, while he was on his job in a hotel room. He had had a heart attack. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. They just thought they needed a preacher, and you know, just come preach. Right, and, yeah. and so, uh, here she comes walking down the aisle. She's carrying a yellow rose, and it had this picture. It's oh, you know, eight and a half by eleven frame picture frame. Had this picture uh, in her in in her chest there, and she leans over, and uh, as she's walking down this aisle, everybody. Oh, it's you could just hear the whispers yep. and, and the gossip going on. but and, and the funeral director said, I hear that's his girlfriend. And I went, okay. And so she puts this flower on this old boy, and he's dressed in his leather garb, got his goggles on the top of his head and things. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm kind of peeking over there looking, and uh, she props this picture up behind the body, puts that rose on this chest leans down and kisses him and uh, i kind of look over and she looks over and you know smiles and she walks off and here comes the rest of the flow of the viewers and the mourners coming by and i'm noticing they're not just passing by they're stopping and looking now and they're i mean they're spending a minute or so so i look over there and she had put a picture Of herself in a very provocative pose. Right, right. And I I looked over there and I nudged the funeral director, and uh, he went over there and pushed it down and up underneath the casket. He said, That might have been what killed him.
1: (laughs) So, So. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was probably one of the strangest things I'd seen that in the is, funeral, besides the uh, other family
1: issues and things yeah. we've dealt with. But yeah, that is great.
2: I have a request. Will you leave that one in? <laughs> I,
1: I, oh, no, it's it's, it's, it's going to stay in. We're not going to take that one out. Well, Tim, I tell you what, man, we are just about out of time, and we sure do appreciate you being here.
0: Thank y'all for letting me come. And, it's been and, great, uh, y'all. Yeah. Y'all, Andy and Bonnie, y'all been a blessing to us. Yeah. And Jim, my, I. Yeah. You know, I see the guitar back there. Y'all
1: never ask me to sing when I'm around. Well, I if we hadn't, have, we'll, have, you know, we'll have him back. Have him back and we'll. Yeah. We, we will. We will. But before yeah. we get out of here, I just want to remind everybody that you can listen to the big show on a lot of major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio. That's a, a new one that we're on now. Uh, Apple Podcast, and just so many more. And just remember that if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by subscribing and hitting the link below. You'll see that. Uh, when it comes up. And don't forget to share with everybody. Once again, Tim, thank you so very much Thanks Thanks for being yes. with us. Hope yes. we'll see you all on another one. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media
0: presentation.